Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Let's go. Hello, Claire. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Hello, I'm good. I'm I'm nursing a cold, so sorry about any coughing, but yeah, I'm really, really good. Thank you. Good, good. Me too. So we've got two bunged up people on the podcast today. (laughs) But yeah, I would love for the listeners to know a little bit more about you. So can you tell us a little bit more about you, Claire, and how you started running? um well it's a funny story because um uh, I, I as I say in my book at the start um it's called the ultimate trial running handbook um I actually hated running at school um so I am like the most unlikely person to have written a book about running um but I now love running um and basically at school running was you know always really competitive um it was in the middle of winter or the middle of summer and it was just really uncomfortable people would shout at you like go faster go faster just wasn't a great experience um so I hated running at school but then at university I started drinking a little bit too much beer um noticed a little bit of extra weight happening and running's like the quickest and easiest thing you can do to kind of get healthier and shed a little bit of weight so I actually started running at uni and I used to be so phobic that if I had planned to run that evening or something like that I'd be really nervous all day and I couldn't really think of anything else um and um but I still did it and I think the best way to get over a phobia is to just do the thing isn't it in small increments so I signed up for a 10k run I did the Manchester 10k then I did the Stockport 10 miler um, and I just gradually started doing running races I was never very good at it or anything like that but and then I moved to Peterborough to get a job on trail magazine which is the hiking and mountaineering magazine so I've always been really into hiking outdoors Um, I did a lot of mountain biking and um, swimming so it was really natural for me to want to get a job um, in the great outdoors. So I've got this job on trail magazine. So I was doing lots of hiking. And then during that time, the opportunity came up to start a magazine called Trail Running Magazine because the, the market was kind of going into trail running and off-road running at that point. And um, they were like, Claire, you do some running, don't you? You can edit this magazine. So I ended up editing this magazine about running, um, not being a very experienced runner myself. But I used to um, go up to the Lake District and do the Lakeland 
and trails um series up there so it's kind of like nine or ten miles on the on the trails and I absolutely loved it because it was so different from school running it was just loads of people like herring off into the countryside and um just uh, there was no real like emphasis on time it was just all about enjoying yourself looking at the nice views the downhills were really incredibly fun as well because of because of my mountain biking background and my hiking background I kind of I really enjoyed like skipping down the hills um, and finding the best routes so that was really enjoyable and I just found that running became it was still hard and challenging but it was really enjoyable so um, yeah I edited trail running magazine for seven years and then I I started to you know when you get to that point where you're kind of telling everybody else to do the work you're like getting higher up in the management and you stop doing the actual thing which you loved in the first place so I I took um I um left that job and I started my own YouTube channel which is called Wild Ginger Running and it's all about trail and ultra running and it's so it's basically trail running magazine in video form online for everybody to see so it's all free to watch um and then I decided to put all my knowledge into a book so <laughs> that's where I am now and I'm really really enjoying it amazing what an incredible story it just goes to show that just because of school and in one foot in one dimension you can enjoy running in another dimension later on in life. Yeah, I think it's because I discovered that running was actually jogging. Do you know what I mean? Like running at school was like running, like like balls out, like blasting, like try and go as fast as you can. But actually running doesn't have to be like that. You can enjoy it just jogging and it doesn't have to be this horrendous activity. Yeah. So going on to that then, what do you love most about running? Oh, I love the feeling that it gives you. I, um, especially running off road. Um, I know that a lot of people, when they start running, it's on the roads and pavements, but I really like to explore new places when I run. So if I find a, a, a path locally that I've not actually been on before, that will make my day. So I love exploring. Um, I love the feeling that it gives you to just feel the wind on your face. And if it's, you know, slightly raining, you know, that's like a facial, isn't it? So um, I love the fact that it just takes you away from whatever you were doing like you know if you're stressed with work or you've got some problems um you know financial problems family problems things you need to think through you just get to escape on the run and ideas come and ways of solving problems come to you just naturally and and you feel good after you've done a run so um that's why you don't always feel like going on a run but you always feel good coming back from a run I find yeah totally agree and I'm with you on that sometimes it's just the different elements you just appreciate the outside um and yeah I definitely come up with some of my best ideas when I'm gonna run yeah for sure I have to get out my phone and get my notes out and (laughs) start writing them down yeah I've come up with an idea this is great so no that's fantastic um now I'm not sure if you'll be able to answer this question because it sounds like there's going to be a lot but what would you say is your biggest running achievement um uh well kind of two things like one is doing the bob graham round i don't know if anybody in your audience i'll just i'll explain it's 42 mountains in the lake district and it's 65 miles and there's about eight thousand meters of ascent and it's all kind of small paths and things um and it's a real effort to get around there's a there's a 24 hour club that you get in if you do it under 24 hours i did it in 26 and a half hours so not quite in the club but i still did it and it's the hardest probably to this day it's the hardest physical thing i've ever done in my life so i'm very proud of myself for getting around that um but then more recently just two weeks ago i did the rutland half marathon 
which is on a mixture of kind of pavementy type. Uh, it's not on roads, but it's pavements and kind of gritty tracks. And it's quite hilly. And I did that. It's the first half marathon that I've done since having a baby in 2021. So I was really pleased that I was able to train consistently, get around that. And I actually did it in just under two hours by 15 seconds. So I was just really proud of myself. And I had, a, I just was, I just really enjoyed it. I don't do many races these days. So compared to what I used to. So I'm just really pleased that I got out there there was it was an out and back course so you could you could see all your friends like it was, it was local so all my running club were there so I was like oh hey 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 you're right and I was just like all the people doing the marathon um you saw some of the slower ones of those and you were like oh my god you're doing the marathon that's brilliant so I think part of the energy that I get from running is seeing other people run and cheering them on so I just really enjoyed the whole race it was a beautiful day and Rutland water was just stunning beautiful blue lake and oh, reservoir and the the trees were green like just coming to autumn it's just a beautiful place to be and I just it was hard it was challenging but I just really enjoyed it oh well two different kind of achievements there but also very well kind of like respectable in the same way you know like a massive ultra but then your first half after your baby and yeah. you know I'm sure like it meant a lot to you and sometimes that can that can be a bigger achievement in itself can't it than doing more miles yeah like yeah because I had all the time in the world to train for Bob Graham um but for the half marathon you know sleep deprivation trying to fit your job in nursery illness like I had to take him to any the other day because he dropped a toy in his turn we thought it was broken all these things you just don't get time to train like you used to <laughs> that you get all these worries in life but then you add a child into the mix and they give you <laughs> one more worries yeah. things to worry about don't yeah you? you think you've got no time before you have children then after have children you're like no, I had so much time <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've heard that before so <laughs> um so what would you say your favorite race distance is and why um that yeah I was reading this question it's really tough to to think I think I quite like the kind of just over the marathon type distance like 30 miles because there's a lot of 50k ultras which is pretty much 30 that's 31 miles it's pretty much 30 miles and I find that you can kind of keep yourself in marathon fitness throughout the year um, most times of the year um I'm just saying this, I used to be, you know, fit enough to crack out, you know, like 20 to 30 mile run, should I need to. So you can kind of maintain that kind of training um, if you're quite a dedicated runner and fitness enthusiast. Um, So I think 30 miles is good because it's it doesn't take too long, even if it's in the mountains, like in the mountains, it could take you a whole day. You know, like like the Manx Mountain Marathon takes me like it took me eight hours when I did that. And that was 30 miles with a lot of ascent. Um, So, yeah, you're like out for the whole day. It's like a day trip kind of thing. You see a lot, but it's not so far that you're going to like if you've got blisters, it's going to cause you horrendous problems or, you know, that you're going to get an injury or, you know, it's just just enough, I think, just enough, a, a day trip out. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny you say that because when I get a lot of like um, road runners on here and I say, what's your favourite race distance? A lot of them mm. will say like the half. And uh-huh. they, say, they say exactly the same thing in the sense that you said, oh, yeah, for a, for a 30 
miles you can do 20 to 30 miles and keep fit and people that say that about half marathons they're like yeah you can do 10 miles and keep half marathon fit so there's that there's that comparison there yeah (laughs) I think it's a bit different road to trail though because I think trail with less emphasis on like the pace and the time and more emphasis on just kind of jogging along really enjoying the views and eating some food and chatting to people so I think that keeping yourself marathon fit for trails is a bit similar to keeping yourself road running fit for half marathons because the effort that I put in in that half marathon the other week at Rutland Water was really like up here that's no way near the effort that I would put in doing a a 30 miler on trails I'd just be jogging along I was probably more broken after the half than I was after a 30 on trails just because you just go a bit more slowly and just jog along really well yeah I watched a video earlier today actually um whilst I was doing some work I like watching YouTube videos whilst I'm working and I watched um Ben Parks's girlfriend Sarah she did uh Chester at the weekend so I wanted to see how she got on and she finished Mm -hmm. and Ben was like what was that in comparison like what road marathon v ultra she was like I'll take an ultra any day (laughs) yeah it's easier honestly I think people have this big thing in their heads about ultra running being really hard and I think that's because all the running they've done is like my school running it's like half marathon marathon where you're going for like sub two sub four even you know sub 330 for you know sub three marathon that's hard work the training is hard work like if you're doing you know like a 19 minute park run all the time it's hard work I'd rather run an up run an easy ultra just jogging along just to complete it than a fast park run to be honest yeah I think with that then it takes time to train the body and the mind to get round to that because one you have to train the body to get used to running a lot slower than what you're used to Mm. so get your mind in that position to also run slower because it's you say just road and oh like trails are just completely different things so yeah I mean you can run really fast on the trails if you want to but the ethos is more towards the whole jogging along business <laughs> which I- <laughs> what would you say your go-to breakfast is before a race definitely porridge it's a very specific recipe porridge with sultanas in half a banana um a blob of peanut butter and soya milk sweetened soya milk um I think that's everything yeah cook for two minutes in the microwave yum 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 (laughs) have it every single morning (laughs) what even race day and non-race day every morning yeah yeah I'm very boring with a breakfast although actually this morning I did feel like a change so I had two pieces of toast with Nutella on top Mm, good stuff yeah I am very mood influenced so there was like probably a couple of years ago I'd have porridge I think like I'm more porridge in the winter Uh uh-huh and then in the summer a bit more like bread or like toast or smoothies I love that's the thing smoothies I love smoothie if if you were to come to my house and make me a smoothie for breakfast every morning I'd love that but I can't personally be bothered with all the like putting it in swidging it up and and then cleaning it all porridge in the bowl volume dishwasher very easy (laughs) yeah I mean I don't like use like you know 101 ingredients like some <laughs> recipes are it's just a couple of things in there and uh yeah good to go um amazing so can you remember a bad race experience but also something you learned from it yes definitely because in 2018 I attempted to do the Cape Wrath Ultra which is 260 miles um along the west coast of Scotland and it's over eight days 
so it's multi-day race you sleep in tents and um this whole like the race like moves every evening and they set up the tents for you you run with a little day pack and they move your bag along there's like 200 maybe 300 people doing this race um I got to day four and I really didn't enjoy day four at all because I had really bad blisters on my little toe because the shoes were sort of my feet had swollen up and I had got like the the correct size but I should have bought a size bigger because of my foot swell and so my little toe was just getting squished like that with every footfall and I had blisters between all my toes and um my thighs felt like someone was uh, not my thighs my hips felt like um somebody was shoving hot poker into them um everything was aching and hurting I couldn't eat properly because my mouth had all dried up with all the like all the sweet gels and things and chocolate that you're trying to eat um and so that was all horrible I was taking a long time to do each stage because I wasn't that fast so I wasn't getting a lot of sleep or recovery um and by day four I just felt like I was getting scurvy and basically kind of dead (laughs) with tiredness and just my feet killed felt like I was walking on knives with every step so I decided to quit um so I quit for a three days and then I did the last day so I stayed with the race I went on the mini bus I like lay at camp I helped out with things various things um ate ice cream and had a generally nice time in the nice weather chatted to people and then I did the last day so I did like I think it was a total of like nearly 150 miles over five days which was for me like a big that's the most I've ever done really in my life so it was an achievement in that sense but it was a failure in the sense that I didn't actually finish the race so I DNF'd but I actually um did a talk about it at the national running show um wanting to change the um the attitude around people DNFing because um it doesn't it does mean did not finish but it also means did not fail because you learn a lot from these things and I think basically what I learned was that I, I was not quite capable of doing 40 miles a day for eight days on the on the trot through the mountains um, because I just can't really fit that kind of training into my life. Um, I think my body's probably physically capable of it, but I don't think that's how I want my life to be I don't want my life to just all be about running and training I would never see anybody and you know you definitely couldn't do it now with with Finley being so young um but yeah I learned I learned kind of where my limit was in what I wanted to achieve um and so after that I decided to run around the Isle of Man instead over six days and that was 100 miles so that was kind of like anything from 15 to 20 miles a day kind of thing and I filmed that and I put it on my YouTube channel um it was a path called the Radna Fallen and I really enjoyed it I just found it really really fun so I I think I found my kind of ideal distance is about like uh under the marathon every day so so yeah I think that's that's what I found out I found out that that's that's my preferred distance and that I'm not quite up to 40 miles a day for eight days <laughs> yeah. yeah like you're saying that's just madness and how you can fit the training in it is that's very difficult to do that yeah it's really difficult and I'm I'm not kind of putting shade on anyone who wants to do that kind of thing but I think everybody's got their enjoyment 
limit and I think some people were doing it like for a real challenge and they appreciated that they would be in pain and that was part of it but for me I think I also learned that there's a level of pain that I want to be in as well because I don't want to be walking along moaning all that and all that I can think about is being in pain I want to I want to enjoy things I'm I'm too old now to beast myself and I just want to go out and I want to have enjoyable a challenging but enjoyable experience and and that will be a different level for everybody yeah I'm with you on that in the sense that over like maybe a few years ago I was very willing to push myself to really get fast times Mm. over recent years I mean I do still want to chase down some pbs but in recent years there's been a lot going on and so I've been about chasing the times that I like pushing myself to the limit that I'm comfortable with and uh, yeah I totally I totally get that yeah it's like it's not the be all and end all anymore the enjoyment is the the more fulfilling thing for me now you know I'm nearly 40 so I'm like you know I'm not going to be getting those pbs that I used to be able to train for so yeah I just yeah just realized what what life really means to me I suppose yeah yeah absolutely um and also because we like to finish on a high what would you say your best or most memorable race is and I will quickly say here people never have one so if you've got three (laughs) four five you can set as many as you like oh it's probably the one I already mentioned actually the Rutland Water Half I'm just still buzzing from that like it was such a great day it was like it's 15 minutes from my house it's actually there's a map on my wall behind me and Rutland Water is that big blue thing um, behind me on my wall because it's a map of the local area and I just I just really enjoyed it and it just made me think I need to book more races so then I went back to my husband with this like big list of races (laughs) I need to book for next year he was like okay (laughs) have you organized childcare for all these races yes okay yes you um, <laughs> yeah well he does like we split split the weekend into days so I'll have one day and he has the other day so if I'm going to spend the whole weekend away then I need to like give him a weekend away so like we do it very fairly um so yeah there is all that but yeah I um yeah just I think that race was one of the highlights just because I just remembered how fun it is to run and and I found my I found strength in my body that I didn't know was there because I'd not tested it over that distance for such a long time and I was really proud of the of my body and I was really like I just really enjoyed it and I I just thought wow I achieved my time goal which I didn't think was going to be possible and I really enjoyed it as well so it was like double bonus so yeah Rutland Water Half Marathon was really really good and I think one probably not next year because I got some plans for like the end of the summer possibly but probably uh the year after I might do the marathon um that would be a good a good one to do at the same Rutland Water as well sorry at Rutland Water as well yes yes at Rutland Water as well yeah well as well you can because it's only 15 minutes down the road you can do some recce in and yes I can yeah I've actually run like all the way around it before and cycled I've I've been there so many times as you can imagine it being 15 minutes away I had no idea it was so hilly (laughs) it's not hilly until you try and run fast (laughs) for 13 miles (laughs) I've been we've we've been recently to do the park run Mm. it does look flat the park run is completely sorry i think it went there it cut out just slightly there but i think you were saying that the park run's really flat it is really flat from normanton church to the dam which is where the park run is out and back that's really flat and it started just the other side of the dam so the first bit was really flat but then it's not (laughs) after that just because you see the reservoir you just think 
it like yeah and it's, it's not the lake district people were saying to me claire that it's really hilly and i was like it's not hilly i've been to the lake district um but because it's not hilly you kind of plan yourself like that sub two it's like a road a non-hilly road kind of time isn't it for a half marathon uh, just after childbirth isn't it so to try and get that to try and get that plus a load of hills as if it's a trail run this is a bit mad um <laughs> if i'd have known that I probably would have said two and a half hours <laughs> Wow, it's good that you push yourself because it's 15 seconds on that two hours. It's yeah. still, sub two. still sub two. I still got it. Very proud. Awesome. Okay, well, thank you for that. That's a nice little introduction into you to find out a little bit more about yourself. So um, we're going to go on to the main part now. And yeah, today's focus is really going to be on for those that are maybe thinking about stepping up to the ultra distance, um, may have already done so, but maybe want to again go that one step further. So let's talk a bit first about what your mission is through uh, Wild Ginger Running and also how how did it start? Obviously, you said earlier it started after um, being the editor of the trail running magazine, but kind of where do you see it going now? Um, So Wild Ginger Running is my YouTube channel. Uh, I do lots of chats like these on it with experts and coaches and I give advice um, and inspiration um, about trail running and ultra running. Oh, sorry. I give um, lots of advice and inspiration about trail and ultra running on the channel. So um, the, the plan really is to I'm kind of on a mission to inspire lots of people to go trail running because I just think that it's the best invention in the world um like personally I know um you know how we've got lots of depression anxiety um negative body image um negative feelings in the world um I can't I kind of feel like um running's not the cure for those things I think us stopping running and stopping exercising as a species and kind of caging ourselves has led to those problems so I think like although running can be considered a cure I think it's more the other way around that people stopping running has caused those problems so I just think that like running in wilderness environments in like in the countryside in the fresh air seeing views seeing water rivers and wildlife animals trees I just think doing that is is really important um and I and I also think it's it's important for our mental and physical health personally but I also think the more connected people are to nature and the natural world the more um steps they'll take to help preserve it and to live more sustainably so I think that it's it's good for um the the environment for people to be more connected to the outside world so that's why I'm kind of on the mission on a mission to help more people experience the joys of trail running just because because I really hated running and I just don't think that it necessarily needs to be this this really bad scary thing um I think more people can run than they think they can and if you can't run, you can always walk. So I just think it's the mo- one of the most wonderful things you can do. It's it's relatively cheap compared to a lot of other, other hobbies. You don't need, I know that marketing tells you to, but you don't need to get like the latest carbon plated shoes or whatever they do now. <laughs> well, as you can see from my many shoes behind me that I'm testing just now, you don't need loads and loads of stuff. You can just go out and run and it, it's very simple and it's it can be very, very cheap sometimes <laughs> sometimes I'm sure there'll be a lot of people listening to this <laughs> yeah races have gone up haven't they yeah <laughs> but no perfect I think you're going to be the best person to talk through all of the questions that we've got then and hopefully we can inspire some people out there to step up from 
the distance to to the ultra so with that then let's kick off what would you say the difference is between training for a road marathon versus training for an ultra what should those people that want to step up from that road to that ultra distance on the trails what should they be considering and how should they approach it that's a really interesting question because I think with road marathon training it's it, that's actually quite a good basis for stepping up to the ultra so if you're a person who's doing half marathons and marathons on road then that's great endurance training basically it's, a, it's it's really really good and I think the only real thing that you need to change to start running on trails is just to maybe take that long run off road um and often it's not necessarily about because I know for a marathon plan you might get like a you know you could do a 10 mile you do 12 mile you do 14 16 20 possibly 22 possibly not but for trail running Um, there's less focus on the mileage and more focus on the time that you're out for. Um, It's called time on feet. And so you'd just be like, oh, go and run for four hours and see where you get to. Because in trail running, there's a lot more um, differences. Like you could reach a really tricky part because it's really rocky or really muddy. So that might slow you down, but you're still putting in that same effort in for that time scale, or it could be super, super hilly. Um, so there's a lots of different variables. So 10 miles on the trails could be like this and could take you like three hours. Whereas on the roads, it's, it's more of a known quantity. So there's more known about it. So you could say, don't do a 10 mile run on the roads and you'd pretty much get most people doing a standard time on that whereas if you said do 10 miles on trails it completely depends where you go so that's why they use time a lot um so yeah I think for for marathon runners um like maybe you're doing like one a speed session a week you're doing some strength training every week you're doing your long run and you're probably doing like an enjoyment run as well um so I don't I there's not loads of difference apart from just doing more runs off road. So it's it's not that complicated, I don't think. I think you can make it really, really complicated, but actually just take some of your runs off road and then probably slow down as well. Because unless you're going for an actual place, unless you're kind of an elite athlete wanting to be at the front of looking for a podium position, it's it's really, really way more acceptable off roads to even like abandon your watch and just jog along based on how you feel. Um do your perceived effort rather than trying to get a pace all the time so that would drive you mad because you'd be up and down and slipping on rocks and all sorts of things so yeah just maybe take the watch off for a long run and just go out for two hours and explore your local area instead of pounding the pavements at nine minute miles for 10 miles um yeah I I think there's there's lots of similarities with the training but I'd say just the main things would be to take it off road and to slow down a bit Mm -hmm. then on that no, because it's quite easy for a road runner to say, like you say, if you've got 10 miles this weekend, right, I can map out a route. How do you as an ultra runner then say map out two hours? Because like you say, two hours could get you yeah, <laughs> miles on one day, but then the next day could only get you seven because of the route. How do you, would you normally consider the elevation like when you're planning your route as well? Because have you yeah. ever stuck and been like, oh, I'm meant to be doing two hours today, but I've got half an hour to get back to the car. <laughs> 
yeah once you get into it you do kind of get a feel for how far you can get in a certain time frame considering the hills like um you might get a little bit into some map reading so you'll you'll notice these brown lines called contour lines and basically the closer they are together the steeper the hill that you're you're going up um so but the, the easiest thing to do on that is to if you want to do like say a two-hour trail run just go out in one direction for an hour and then turn around as long as it's not all uphill and then all downhill you're pretty much going to be running a similar time on the way back so that's one of the easiest ways that you can make sure that you get that certain time uh, into your run um, but the other way is just to plan your route you can use um, um something like the os mapping software or memory map or Komoot. actually that's quite useful mapping software as well and just follow the the trails the, the paths and the bridleways we're really lucky to have so many bridleways in the uk that you can follow um and um you can click your route onto there and it tell you how far it is and it will also tell you the ascent so you don't have to add it all up all the contour lines um so you can use something called naismith's rule um which is for hikers um and when you're first starting out that is quite a useful thing to to do it's basically you you can you walk about three miles an hour um, and then you add on a minute per um, per 10 meter contour line. So for running, I'd probably do that. You'd go about maybe five, five miles an hour and then or maybe four. <laughs> it depends how hilly it's going to be or how muddy it's going to be. And then add half a minute on per contour line. Uh, f- sorry, per 10 meter contour. So you can sort of plan it in that sense. But I would just say that's a bit more of a complicated way of doing it. And if you can speaking to absolute beginners I would just plan a bit shorter route than you normally would be able to do and so if you're planning say a 15 mile on trails um think oh it'll probably take me the same time that it will take me to run 20 miles on a road um so kind of just add a bit on it's not really an exact science um especially if you're going to stop and take photos or, you know, you've got to cross a stream or, you know, you might find a bog that you get stuck in for a second. So it's it's not as an ex- exact science, but the easiest way is to do out and backs. Yeah. Um, and then you'll start getting more of a feel for what you can achieve in certain time frames. Yeah, no, that's really useful, actually. I didn't think about the out and back. And then, like you say, with experience, it's the same. I sometimes have like timed runs as well myself, like 45 minutes or 60 minutes. And again, I know roughly what distance I can cover so we'll map out a route that would kind of cover that so yeah yeah with with time um so that's great obviously to know there's not too much difference you just got to consider those few little things but what would you say that runners should consider when booking their first race and do you have any recommendations yeah so would this be their first trail race or their first ultra distance race let's go the trail ultra first ultra or that trail ultra yeah a trail ultra um so if it depends on your level of experience with mountains i think because you can get some ultra runs which are um, there's some great ones run by centurion running um down south um along south south downs way the north downs way um and they're really good um for people who have come from road running because um they're, they're really um straightforward to navigate because they're on signposted trails um they've got really great checkpoints they're really well organized fantastic marshals and 
um, the, the terrain is it's paths and it can be rocky, it can be slippy and muddy, um, but it's not super, super like mountainous where you'd have to be like, oh my goodness, I, you know, you do need to pay attention to the weather, obviously, but it's not like the middle of remote Scotland upper, like up Ben Nevis or something. It's not, it's not, um, it's not completely out of the way of civilization. So they're really good ones to start with. The, the paths are, are nice. They're not, they're not going to be like a knife edge ridge across Crib Gok or anything like that up Snowdon. Um, so yeah, nice, straightforward trails to start with. Um, there's, there's lots of runs, um, done by Lakeland Trails as well in the Lake District. And, and they're really good because um, they don't just take you to the top of a mountain and then back down again, like fell running is. That's like the traditional Lake District sport. But they go on easy, oh, I'm saying easy, but <laughs> straightforward paths. So, you know, there's lumps and bumps, there's rocks and bits, but they're not horrendously difficult paths. Um, and they're designed to get people into the sport of trail running. So that's the Lakeland Trails. They're, they do um, they do mainly kind of like um, 15K, um, so kind of 9, 10 mile races. But they also have some half marathons and they have some marathon distances as well. Um, there's, there's also some races um, up north that Montaigne organise as well. I think that it's called the Trail, something Trail Series. They're the people who organise the Lakeland 100 and the one and the 50. So they do um, a series of um, of marathons as well up up north. Um, and there's uh, yeah, there's there's just lots of lots of races that you can do which are nice and signposted. I think pick one which is fully waymarked um by the race organizers and has lots of marshals and, and checkpoints choose one which has a generous cutoff time as well if you're you know one of the kind of slower runners then that's always really good to look for a generous um tie um cutoff time as well um and the other thing that i would consider doing your first one is to pick it in a place where, where it which inspires you so if you feel like oh I've I've always wanted to go to Cornwall or I've always wanted to do something in the Peak District then look at look on find a race or SI entries um, for races in that area and if one just looks really beautiful to you then um, then then go for it um, oh there's also the Grizzly down south as well that's a really good I think that's a kind of a marathon distance um, that's a really good one to start with as well. And you can always email the race organiser as well and say, look, I'm coming from a road background. What are the paths like? What's the terrain like? Have you got a video of the race that anyone's taken? And you can just have a look and see. Because um, the best way to train for a race is to see what kind of terrain it's on and train specifically for that terrain. So, you know, if it's along a canal towpath, then go and train on some canal towpaths. And if it's on, say, it, you know, small, skinny, single track paths through woods, try and find some locally to you that you can train on so so yeah find something that inspires you and uh yeah don't make it too difficult for your first ever one yeah no I think that's a, some really solid advice because when we look to book races we just look at ones that are popular and oh, okay. distant like this well it's because distance is distance in the road world isn't it Mm-hmm. But when it gets to ultra there's a lot of things that you have to consider and like mm-hmm. you say a lot of people again would just look for the distance and you didn't mention distance you know a lot of people would just be like oh first ultra I'll go for 50k because that's yeah. up but like you say I have done one before one ultra and it was like a self-navigating one 
and mm-hmm. so I luckily I didn't get too lost and there were a few signs but it wasn't really signposted I was lucky that I could just follow the people in front of me because I had a few people around me but yeah I just thought oh yeah I'll do 50k and I'll book this but like you say you have to consider what are the paths like are they signposted is there checkpoints I mean this did have brilliant checkpoints and marshals it was fantastic but yeah no I really really liked that answer because there's a lot of things to consider more than just how far it is yeah I'd probably start if you're a road runner I'd probably start just doing some trail races first of all before launching yourself into the ultra distance because I suppose trail running is a little bit different to ultra running in that ultras can be on trails but they can also equally be on roads like there's not loads because you'd need loads of policing for the road crossings that's why ultras tend to be on trails but the the terrain for ultras can be like wildly different and the the remote like the the level of safety and the level of mountain skills that you need can be wildly different depending on the ultra you choose so yeah and the ascent can be wildly different as well like the ultra tour of snowdonia that i'm going to do i'm going to do 50k in may they do um 100 miler there as well and that's insane like the ascent's like uh, 8000 meters through the mountains so that's obviously going to be really different to 100 miler along the north downs way so yeah i just think just pay a little bit of attention to to the ascent the terrain um, the remote nature of the course um, and yeah do do some easy stuff first <laughs> before you launch yourself into into unless unless you like a real challenge <laughs> of course some people love to shove themselves in the deep end don't they <laughs> yeah, absolutely because there's one that's um a hundred and something maybe 40 or 50 miles along the canal path from like Birmingham. yeah the Grand Union Canal Race that's it I've had a couple of people onto the podcast that have done that before. And although the distance is remarkable, like you say, then switching that distance then to, like you say, the hills is just a completely different challenge. And Yeah. So, yeah, no, that was um, a great answer about what to consider when booking um, your first race. Um, so what would be some kits that you would recommend? Is there anything in particular that everyone obviously like we said you said earlier about marketing tells you you need everything but <laughs> some of the things that you think people would need um so let's just figure that we have our comfy shoes yeah um, for trails you need a little bit more grip and for ultras maybe you want to go a bit more padded there's there's so many different schools of thought on like minimalism maximalism padded not padded um drop not drop and all this business but say that you've found your comfy shoes and you're happy with the grip you're happy with the drop from heel to toe and you're not getting any injuries from them um the next thing that I would probably get for um trail and ultra running would be um a decent waterproof jacket and then a little backpack to put everything in because once you start running longer distances and once you start running more remote places like it doesn't even matter about the distance just you know you're going up a mountain you're there for an hour there's no different to being up a mountain for an hour to six hours you still need like safety stuff so you need some 
some little thing to put some food, some drink, put your jacket in when you're not using it. Maybe you've got like a spare um, insulating layer. You've got your phone. You've got your GoPro if you're me. And um, so you need something to put it all in. So a little race vest, um, five litres, um, or if you're going out, you know, once you get a bit more enthusiastic about this kind of thing you might want to start going out in winter so you need to take a bit more clothing with you a bit more food um so 10 10 litre backpack uh, but mainly get away with like a five litre little running pack lots of pockets up front so you can access things easily a few zip pockets at the side for some more food um <clears throat> that's what i would take um and a waterproof jacket you just want nice lightweight packable waterproof jacket with a good hood on it and when I say waterproof, it means something with taped seams. So if you look in, in your jacket, you can see that there's the seams sewing it together. Um, if you can see the seam, sort of like it'll be flat, flat locked, but it might be sort of flapping around, that's not taped. If you can see that there's bits of tape over the seams in your jacket, that means it's taped seams. That's on a lot of mandatory kit lists for trail and ultra races. Um, <clears throat> so you need one of those around it's if you're going to do something like really remote you'd probably want a bit more of a bomb proof kind of mountaineering type jacket so you might be looking at like 300 grams for your jacket but if you're going on like if you're just wanting an emergency jacket to put on then 100 150 grams um would be a good weight to look at I'm, I'm talking about women here for men it might be like 200 grams um but yeah uh, something around that 100, 150 grams mark for a lightweight jacket is is really, really useful. Um, so, yeah, those are the two items that I would first get. Um, you've probably already got a watch, haven't you, as a roadrunner? <laughs> yes, absolutely. But, yeah, I I have a little pack. I have one from Salomon, if that's how you mm. think. Yeah, Salomon, yeah. And, yeah, I love it. Like you say, it's got all pockets everywhere, and I just take it even out for just a lot of, like, long road running because yeah over the summer so I've got water I can take my phone I can take all my gels I don't have to then worry about like shorts with pockets I can literally take everything in um see so yeah, I think that those those vests and as well they are an investment but they last yeah yeah they really do yeah the salmon ones are quite expensive aren't they yeah, <laughs> for like three years yeah what would you say then if someone's looking at sort of more like an entry level um, vest, what kind of brands would people would you direct people towards? I would definitely direct people to a, a relatively new brand um, called Harrier. I actually helped design the running packs for them. Um, they do a really nice five litre pack called the Kerber five litre and it's only £54. Yeah. So... I would definitely go that direction. If you want even cheaper than Decathlon, um, Kalenji, um, they do do a, quite a few different running packs. Um, but I prefer the Harrier ones because they're just like really, really set up for runners. And there's just a few features of the Kalenji ones, which I don't think are as easy to use whilst you're on the run. So get the Harrier Kerber 5 litre, everybody. Perfect. Love it. <laughs> um, so now we're going back to sort of like training. Um, what would be the furthest distance that people would, and obviously this is very relative to whatever distance you're doing, but let's actually, now I've said this, you spoke about time. So if you have got a race booked, say you're doing a 50K and you foresee you're going to take seven hours, how 
far in terms of distance or time should people be training to like do you know when people say if you're doing 26 miles or 26.2 miles normally people try to get up to the 18 to 20 what's the comparison to ultras yeah so this is really interesting because um, there's lots of different schools of thought and there's a lot of people that do things different ways um but um ultra running is isn't it's hard to explain it's not only the training that you do that season but it's also the training that you've done for years and years so you'll find that a lot of ultra runners who are, are super successful um are actually kind of like in their 40s and maybe in their 50s because they've got experience as uh, and this huge endurance background and endurance base because in ultra running it's, it's not just about the physical training but it's also about the mental training the gear the preparation um the, the the conditions underfoot on race day um there's so many more factors that come into play it's sometimes navigation as you said on your first ultra um so it's it's hard to say what people what level people should get to in training because you know say if you've got a hundred miler coming up you're not going to train you're not going to do 80 miles are you I mean <laughs> like oh, some people might but you're just not like how personally how I go about it is that I I kind of keep myself marathon fit and then you just pop up for the races <laughs> you just like it and it's that simple and a lot of ultra runners talking talk about hiking as well so instead of a lot of running training if you're doing these really long distances like 60 miles 80 miles plus through to the 100 kind of thing you're actually going to be doing quite a bit of walking unless you're an elite athlete that's podiuming you're going to be doing quite a lot of walking especially up the hills it might be with poles as well um so a lot of even the really elite athletes talk about one of their biggest tips is go hiking with a big heavy backpack on um for hours in the mountains so you know do a day hike do six hours in the mountains if you've got a 50k that's going to take you seven or eight hours then go hiking for five hours um and gradually build up from there um if you've got a lot of time on your hands you can do like back-to-back weekends where you do say nine hours hike on one day and then five hours hike on the next day but not everybody has that much time in their lives so I would say um do a lot of long slow run running and a speed session um a lot of strength work um but yeah if you can and then I I would just like do uh, the longest runs in training if I was training for an ultra I probably on a general weekend I probably wouldn't do much more than 20 miles I probably wouldn't I would then just book say I'd book a 30 mile race one month two months later I'd book a 50 mile race and two months after that I'd book like maybe a 70 mile race and then leave it at that that year then the following year I'd kind of do the same again I'd book a few 50s like maybe two 50s and then I'd have like 100 in the sights and I might just do a 50 I might just do a 70 and then I might just do a 100 um but I think you, you don't don't do too many in a year I think maybe three ultras per year is is good um I think people can get a bit over enthusiastic so I, I wouldn't do more than like three in a year personally. I mean, everybody's different, but I think gradually, gradually is the rule of ultra running and just have like one, one or two A races a year and build up in through the races. But 
in in training during the week I I wouldn't be doing more than more than marathon training really I can't fit more in than that <laughs> so yeah I hope that I, I, I get a coach though if you got get a coach um there's some really good coaches out there there's like Christian Morgan Tim Piggott um, Marcus Scottney Damian Hall um they're, they're all really good ultra running coaches you can get a lot out of yourself I know it's expensive but you can get a lot of um out of yourself with a coach um because they'll just tailor the training to what you specifically need and also do loads of strength training as well I think if you're going to be doing um if you want to step up the distance you need to support the body with with um strong muscles strong musculature throughout so I would be focusing on I rather than add like a fifth run to the week like I usually do three runs a week because I can't really fit more in than that but most like dedicated runners they're probably doing like four runs a week aren't they rather than try to do a fifth run or even that fourth run I'd do a strength session of like half an hour um maybe twice a week um working on strength using quite heavy weights um yeah plyometrics as well that's lots of jumping around that's that's also a really good plan yeah amazing but yeah it just goes to show this uh it's hard isn't it there's no one size fits all with everyone yeah getting a coach and and also just just doing it and knowing what you what you can sustain because you know some people will be able to do like 120 miles a week and not get injured but some people might only be able to manage 50 and like or at the moment I'm doing about 20 miles a week um and I don't think I'm going to be doing much more than 25 miles a week 30 miles a week in training for this 50k that I've got coming up I just don't see it happening so so yeah I just think a lot of the training comes with years and years and years of experience and just going slowly on race day and just keeping going and just knuckling down to it yeah um, so on that, this is kind of like a question off of that question and whether this can be answered or not. But one of our hub members asked, like, you know, with marathons, you normally say 16 to 20 weeks. Do is there like do they say like there's a time frame for for ultras? But do they say like, oh, for 100 miles, you should train for a year, 18 months for 50K, you should train for half a year. Is there kind of like a set standard in the ultra world? kind of yeah it depends what experience you've had with endurance before so like if you're like an endurance hiker like mountain walker then it might take you less time but there's there's nothing's going to go wrong if you do it gradually um the the injuries come when you do stuff really quickly so like say you're on a say you're a marathon runner and you think oh next year I'll do 100 I just I just wouldn't advise that I would take two years to work up to doing 100 miles and that's as a as a runner as a complete beginner I probably like five years minimum <laughs> um but yeah I mean why rush it like there's no need to rush there's loads of races out there you don't need to jump in at the deep end do a load of 50ks do a year of 50ks then the following year carry on with those 50ks but do a 50 and then the following year carry on with you know do a couple of 50s and then do your 100 and then I don't know if hundreds I don't know if if there's many people that do like a hundred mile race every single year I think a lot of people use it as like oh my god I've done a hundred mile race I don't know if there's loads of people that go out doing 100 miles all the time so you might find that you've got a preferred distance like I like the 50k um and you might just settle on that but yeah there's no limits really um but 
yeah gradually gradually I would say <laughs> like yeah you're never going to go wrong if you do it gradually I know it's a bit boring but it's just the truth <laughs> there's no shortcuts no, <laughs> good answer um so let's talk about fuel because I think this is a big topic for moving on from sort of like road marathons to ultras so what is the common fuel for ultra running do people use a lot of gels or they, do they start using different stuff I know I appreciate again it's going to be not all one size fits all but what are the common things that people like to use in trail and ultra running yeah so um on but working on the premise that you're jogging like slowly and often walking rather than going all out for getting that sub four hour marathon pb or whatever um gels a lot of the elite athletes do use gels but even they after about six or seven hours of using gels they'll start to get a like taste fatigue and they they won't want to get them down so they start to use more normal food and for the more kind of normal runners um some ultra runners might want to use normal food throughout so you want things that are that are tasty um that you're going to be able to eat on the run um so use them all in training to find out what you can stomach um and you want something that's easy to easy to actually eat like not something that's going to freeze or melt um or crumble away and uh you want something that's not going to be too easily squished as well in your in your running pack um so i find pizza is a really good one you can also pimp the pizza with extra cheese and like extra like different bits of topping and you can cut it up and you can put it on top like that so it's like a pizza sandwich and you can um wrap it in some like tinfoil or or some old plastic bag that you find and um and just pop it in the side of your rucksack it's really nice because you're running for such a long time often you want savory food as well as sweet stuff so um I personally don't really like gels I have found one gel that I do like it's from Morton so they're really really nice um Elliot Kipchoge actually uses them um and Killian Jornet as well he's one of the top trail and ultra runners of all time and uh, so yeah anything you can think of really I've once done an ultra munching on a quiche that didn't fare too well in the backpack um and it kind of fell apart upon eating but it was delicious um other people take like nuts and raisins trail mix um they take uh um probably not apples and fruit <laughs> but because that's a bit squish squishy um but uh if you've got a checkpoint um on an ultra um that you can pick up food from your support crew you might want like slippery foods because you start to get a bit of a dry mouth towards the later stages of a really long race so like um baked beans go down really well rice pudding tinned peaches some people even have fish and chips um depends what you can stomach um and yeah, just some people take boiled potatoes with a little pinch of salt. Um, people wrap up rice, like squishy, squish rice into little balls and eat that as well. Um, yeah, and all your usual cereal bars, uh, flapjack, jelly babies, um, uh, anything you can stomach really. Basically, it's your opportunity to go down that aisle of the supermarket that you never usually allow yourself down because you end up buying loads of crap. Um, so yeah, just buy anything that you really fancy and test it all out in your training because sometimes at mile 50, what can seem lovely at mile 10 doesn't doesn't sit well at mile 50. So just try it all out in training and take a, a, like a wide variety of food, crisps as well and malt loaves. That's, that's really good as well. Yeah, sounds like one person said to me once, uh, doing an ultra is like a walking picnic. So yes. <laughs> that's it. I guess there is it's it's about 
just getting the right fuel at the right time I think with ultras isn't it it's about taking like because like you say you you go a bit slower your Mm -hmm. energy levels might feel okay but it's taking on fuel early enough that you don't then crash yeah eat little and often yeah and don't wait until you're hungry because that means you're like too hungry um and drink as well like um drink little and often as well the the advice these days is to drink to thirst rather than like gulping loads down at once just keep sipping yeah basically it's just like you say an opportunity to eat whatever and whenever yes (laughs) when I did this one ultra that I've done um I remember at the last aid station the same thing like I'd taken quite a few gels I'd had quite a lot of malt loaf so it was like the overload of sweet stuff and on this last aid station they had like you know the like mini pretzels yum and I literally just stood there kept putting my hand in this bowl (laughs) and just eating these pretzels and I was like I think I better make a move and actually like finish this race otherwise (laughs) here all day but like it's just the savory and the saltiness of it was just a taste sensation in my mouth yeah it's really nice yeah you can um cheese is a good one as well and jaffa cakes yeah, yeah jaffa cakes aren't too sweet and cheese is kind of salty so yeah you need a bit of salty stuff you're just making me hungry now <laughs> um so going back to like your pack what one thing would you unexpectedly advise every ultra runner to have on them in their pack? Oh yeah, I was reading this question earlier. And I was like, I genuinely don't know what to say. But um, I have seen some people on their ultra running packs, they pack like a little mascot, like a little bear or like a little cuddly toy that just is like on the front of their pack or maybe on the back of their pack and it's just like quite cute and it's a, a talking point so if you're um jogging along and you just see someone's got like a little mouse on their back it's just something to say oh what's this and who's and they're like oh yeah it's like that's my son's he gave it me before I did this race or oh I always run with Mr Mouse because he you know it's my lucky charm um so yeah it's just more of an unusual one I don't have one myself but I just thought oh yeah that that's a a good thing to to carry um and if you didn't want to carry an actual physical thing um my advice would be to write something on your hand like a mantra or something that you know will get you round you know like your reason for doing the race in the first place so that you're going to have some highs and you're going to have some lows probably because it's such a long time so um it's good to remind yourself of why you're doing it so in those low moments you can read that and think no I'm going to carry on yeah yeah Love that. I love the mascot idea. That's a brilliant one. <laughs> yeah. um, we've had another question from one of our hub members saying, um, so in races, especially ultras, you get different highs and lows. Um, how do you ride through them both? And actually, like, how do you, like, obviously getting through the lows can be quite tough, but how do you actually ride the highs and can you predict when they're going to happen? <laughs> no you can't really predict at all and even like you know like when you finish a really long like a multi-day ultra if you finish it you can actually be quite sad because you've just had such a great time that you didn't want it to actually end even if it was a bit painful towards the end so it's really hard to tell um how to you can't predict the highs or the lows I wouldn't say sometimes it can be peeing down like torrential rain blinding winds and you can be having a great time because you're warm inside your great waterproof that you've got and you're just jogging along with a load of other people going yeah we got this so you can never predict it 
So um, I was just talking to um, an ultra running coach who's um, done a lot of running on the Appalachian Trail, actually, Christian Morgan. And I think what he said to me earlier today just rings true. And that's just you just got to be flexible and be prepared for it not to just be prepared to be flexible because you don't know what's going to happen and that's the joy of these longer races I think is like in in four hours in a marathon there's a limited number of things that could go wrong and and you you don't have as much time to think about things and and to have the highs and lows but over the course of eight hours or maybe even 10 hours or maybe even through the night if you're doing a super long one there's lots of time to think about stuff there's lots of time to get highs and lows um I'd say if you're having a low point check if you you've eaten or drunken recently um because that can be a major factor in having an energy dip so check your energy levels eat something um and um if you are having a low um you could if there's someone around chat to them talk to them talk to yourself if not read your little thing that you've written on the back of your hand um talk talk to yourself (laughs) g yourself on a bit with a bit of external communication (laughs) and um and yeah and if you're having the highs just enjoy the highs like don't be afraid of the highs just if you feel like singing at the top of your voice at the top of a mountain then just do it like yeah ultra runners are mad people they're not going to judge you (laughs) (laughs) i think all runners we're all mad aren't we yeah we're all a bit mad aren't we yeah (laughs) love it amazing so yeah just embrace embrace those highs um so moving back on to actual races you've mentioned some great stuff here and I feel like I'm gonna have to make a note of everything that you've mentioned so far about different ones but uh, a couple of questions in terms of races um we'll start off with like what are your bucket list races obviously you said earlier that maybe your training you might not be going for those races now like you used to but is there anything that's still on your bucket list yeah so what I really like to do is if there's a really long race that I don't think that I'd ever be able to do or want to do um sometimes I go and do it over a series of days so for a long time um there's a race called the UTMB which is the Ultra Tour de Mont Blanc which is very famous in the trail and ultra running world is in France it starts from Chamonix in France and it goes through Switzerland and also Italy and it goes around Mont Blanc basically um it's 100 miles um and a bit more and like 10,000 meters of ascent and they start on the Friday night at 6 p.m and they go through the night the the top men will take like 20 hours the top women like 23 24 hours um so they're coming in like in the afternoon of Saturday having run through the night and then all the like normal runners in inverted commas will be coming in like over the course of the next night and even like until 4 p.m on the Sunday so that's like from 6 p.m on Friday till 4 p.m on Sunday they are not really running they're hiking the race and um running the downhills presumably and I just think that's amazing but it's utter madness to spend like half of that race in darkness so you can't see all those amazing views so what I'd really like to do is do that over six days so you're doing like 20 miles a day um and then and then by the the, by the time you've finished you've got a full appreciation of the course but you haven't killed yourself and you've really enjoyed it and you haven't seen like it's not been dark so you can see every single view possible and you can stay overnight and have some nice food and some beers I think that would be a really nice way to do the UTMB and a lot of people do hike the tour of Mont Blanc um so it's not an unusual thing to do um but I'd really like to do that 
Um, there's also a race called the Dragon's Back Race here in the UK. It's um, in Wales and it goes from the top of Wales to the bottom of Wales, from um, Conway Castle to a different castle in the south, I can't remember, um, Cardiff Castle, something like that, um, in the south. <clears throat> and um, I've always wanted to do that race, but it's like 40 miles a day up like the most treacherous mountain terrain that you can imagine. And this coming year, they're going to do a half dragon, which they're calling the hatchling. Um, and it's half the distance. So it's more like 20 miles a day. So it's always under the marathon distance a day. Um, but with the ascent involved, it's still going to take like six, seven hours <laughs> for me to do. So I think that I'm going to do that. That's going to be my A race for next year. Um, that's on my bucket list. And it's it's not the full dragon's back, but I think that's that's the it's a good start anyway. Uh, I don't think that I'll ever be doing the full dragon's back, but it's nice to be able to experience some of the race um, by just doing half of it. Um, and there's loads of other races like the Ultra Tour of, Snowdo- of Snowdonia. That's part of the UTMB series. I really want to do that. Um, that just I just like to do different races. <laughs> just uh, any that come up. Um, there's there's tons but good ultras um iconic ultras would be stuff like the arc of attrition in cornwall um there's the grand union canal race as well from birmingham to london um there's the ultra tour of snowdonia they do a hundred mile route there um and there's there's uh, yeah there's, there's the kinlock um races at kinlock leave in the skyline scotland series as well they do um the glencoe skyline that's that's one of the iconic trail races there that's really technical mountainous you go along anahegic which is a scrambling route um of great difficulty so it's not for the faint-hearted um but they do trail races at that event as well um so yeah there's just loads all the lakeland trails events are great there's dark and white peak events in the peak district there's the jurassic coast three-day challenge um that's vo2 max events and uh, there's the pilgrims way and there's the druids challenge that's an amazing race i've done that before that's x energy events and then there's endurance life events as well that do loads of coastal stuff like down in cornwall and like anglesey like area as well um yeah uh, there's loads maverick events as well they're really good <laughs> there's tons of stuff <laughs> i also really want to go i want to do one of the black trail runners events as well they've got an event called black to the trails coming up so i really want to go and do that as well um so yeah there's i just like doing different races it's a good way to see, see the world trail and ultra running so yeah. it's a good way to see the country and see the world because you know if you choose a waymarked course and it's a bit of a handhold um into a, a a new adventurous place that you can discover easily yeah. no that's brilliant you've given people lots of ideas there and so, um i have heard of some of those before so i'd heard of uh, obviously heard of utmb most people should have heard of that <laughs> i've heard of Dra- dragon's back i've known someone that's tried to do it yeah um, one of our well, a couple of our listeners one of their friends um but obviously yeah it just sounds insane but yeah i've heard of things like the maverick races there's certain companies that you get to know yeah oh yeah on the hard moors as well have you heard of the hard moors they do a lot of stuff on the cleveland way which is like around scarborough whitby area Uh, they do like a 15 30 50 uh, 80 100 milers they do and they're doing a 200 miler next year as well which sounds insane well as well i we went to dorset last year and i fell in love with the jurassic coast so beautiful i would one day like to do whether it was a race or maybe like a walking event yeah 
like I would like to walk like it just looks stunning so I would like yeah. to, even if it was just a walking marathon yeah they do an event vo2 max do the jurassic coast over three days so it's just over the marathon every day for three days a lot of ascent my friend's done it and she said it was brutal but beautiful okay maybe <laughs> i don't know yeah i think it's like um september october time okay. yeah have a look at that one then yeah yeah it looks great that one and oh there's also the lakes traverse and the northern traverse as well by um i think yeah and cape breath ultra they they do all those ones so yeah there's loads if you go on si entries or find a race they're all on there that was gonna be my next question where do you find stuff so find a race is it si is in the two letters si yeah yeah si and then entries um and that's that's got a lot of trail fell and ultra races in like off-road yeah. type stuff yeah so you also find my race which is the neem valley trails um it's, it's only 10 miles and 20 miles but they're in fotheringhay which is near peterborough um which is on the map just like down there a bit um yeah that's in june this year amazing yeah so, beginner trail runs uh one of the last questions then how do you decide on because like, obviously you've mentioned so much there and there's such a variety but how do people then normally decide on races this is another question from our hub members do you base it on distance the sites cutoffs how do people normally go about picking their races um yeah well yeah it's good that you mentioned cutoffs there because some races do have much more generous cutoffs than others um so yeah for a beginner um runner um well actually not if you're a beginner trail runner but you're super super fast you might not need to look at the cutoffs but if you're you know um worried about that kind of thing then definitely look for generous cutoffs um but it's just completely up to you it's just how far are you willing to travel how much are you willing to pay um and and then also the cutoff times as well um it might be that you can find one close to you for your first one so um like if you live in london perhaps there's there's a lot of races um, on the south downs and the north downs the chilterns that kind of thing um if you live in manchester maybe one in lake district might be more up your street um so yeah i think a lot of it is to do with proximity as well um and then uh, sometimes it's what your friends have been doing as well so like you can join these facebook groups so um, i'm i'm in this one called trail and ultra running uk um which is a really really nice facebook group but it's, it's not like one of these really annoying judgy ones where someone posts something and everyone jumps on them immediately this is one where you can actually genuinely type in your query and you'll get like 20 80 responses back so if you typed in there oh i'm looking for a nice event in this area in this time year you get tons of people telling you all sorts of races that aren't even on find a race and si entries you get um like little little local races which often tend to be cheaper as well and kind of a bit more low-key um and like more cakes at the end you know that kind of old-fashioned race kind of business um there might not be a medal or a t-shirt or anything like that but you know much more low-key and really nice friendly friendly participants so um so yeah i would suggest joining one of these facebook groups if you're really keen to find out more about trail and ultra running um and and yeah and watch wild ginger running youtube channel as well that's a really good way to find out more about races and if you write me a comment on any of my videos then then i'll reply um i'm always on there and if you've got any questions then i can i can field them that way as well amazing and you've just brought it all the way around to the end (laughs) podcast so yeah tell us a little bit more about people where they can find you on youtube podcast your your book what where can everyone 
Um, so the book is on Amazon. So um, if you follow me on Instagram, it's Wild Ginger Running on Instagram. And I've got one of these link tree things. So in the bio, there's a link tree thing and it, it, it shows you my latest film. It shows you a free 10K trail running plan that I've done with Vert Run. Um, there's links to the my website and the book as well. Um, the book's really good because it's just like distilled all the information that I've learned over many, many years talking to athletes and coaches um, into one handy place. It's got training plans from 5k to 50k as well. Um, and nutrition, recipes, um, injury prevention, strength work, um, ha- what gear to buy, um, uh, tips from elite athletes and coaches, and some really good recommended races as well. So there's like tons in there um for everybody to to use there's a bit on first aid kits there as well so it's really really useful the book um and also a little bit about navigation as well in there um and then on youtube it's wild ginger running so it's just um type in wild ginger running and loads of videos from me should come up i'm always doing videos there's loads in there and if you've got a particular query the best thing to do is to google so get in your google search engine and whatever your query is like what waterproof for travel like best waterproof for trail running type in that and then put wild ginger running after it and if i've got anything on that query that you've got it should come up in the um in the youtube um sorry in the, in the in the google search thing below so like you get your little videos don't you below so it should come up in there for you to have a look at um and there yeah, the podcast is basically anything that I do on YouTube where I'm chatting to a coach or an elite athlete I it's kind of like an hour long so I'll then put that on the podcast I do the podcast through Podbean but it's just available through your usual podcast provider so just google wild ginger running in um, sorry just search wild ginger running in the usual podcast provider and it should just come up with the latest one um yeah and uh yeah so that's it it's like follow me on Instagram um subscribe on youtube it's absolutely free and check out the podcast and you can listen to it on your long runs and oh yeah and buy the book if you fancy it as well so there's lots of ways to get involved in trail running and uh, i wish everybody a very enjoyable and challenging experience oh that's brilliant thank you so much claire it's been really interesting and i think if anything you've you've shown that it's not that scary and not too daunting if you're willing to give it a try yeah hopefully not it's really um really friendly community as well I forgot to say that like everybody's very welcoming doesn't matter what shape size color any uh, background that you're from um everybody's really welcoming so don't be afraid to just give it a go yeah oh no well it's been so lovely having you on thank you so much and uh good luck with the rest of your with your training and everything sounds like you've got a few events coming up and yeah I hope that we've inspired some people to take to the trails Thank you. It's been a joy to be on. Thank you very much. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.